Hey everybody, you're listening to So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. Today on the show, we are talking about Superman Returns, the uh, 2006 movie starring Brandon Routh as Superman, um, Kate Bosworth as Lo- Lois Lane, uh, Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor, Luthor, how do you say it? Is it Luthor? That's Luthor. what, I, that's what Luthor. I was wondering. Traditionally, it's Luthor. I hear it different ways. Yeah. But some people just run Luthor into like so one word. So for canon, we're going to call it Luthor. Luthor. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Lou, like his name, like Thor. like you know, like Thor had a child named him Lou. Yeah, Lou Thor. So, like I said, Superman Returns came out in two thousand six. This is the first time Superman has been back on the big screen since uh, Superman four, the Quest for Peace. <laughs> yeah, there's a quest for something. Quest Some for bad. something. A quest for. Yeah, we so definitely was... wanted peace after it was over. We explained last week we're doing this one because it's kind of uh, it's 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 a pseudo sequel to Superman two. Uh, it kind of erases the events of Superman 3 and 4, and it is bridged by a appearance of archival footage by, by Marla Brandon's George. Marlon Brando. Bra- Brandon. I, I said, put Brandon Ralph Brandon, and Marlon Brandon. Brando together. You said, yeah, you said, I think you said Marlon, you said uh, Brando Marlon. That's what I, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. funny. It's, it's hot. It's hot in here. It is hot. That's all I got to say about that. Apparently. So, um, Yeah. Superman Trends. Had anybody not seen this? I hadn't. I, have I hadn't seen it in a long time. You two had never seen it. And I we think I watched on FX. Yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't seen it in a long time either. Um, let's talk about our the one word. One word to describe this movie. Yes. I will lead off and say throwback. Oh, interesting word choice. Okay. Forgettable. Hmm. Andrew. Meh. Hmm. My. I. I say pointless. Pointless. That's good mm-hmm. as well. I tried to think of the most complimentary word I could give it. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. It, I was originally going to go with better, but I can't even I can't even like fathom to say that right now because it's really I guess it depends on your standard of like what is it better than. Yeah. yeah. I, here's what I don't understand definitely about. Definitely better than Quest of Peace. Yeah, here's what I don't understand about these Superman movies. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Look, I know that the first two the first four that came out were a different time. Yes. Yeah. But why mm. in the ever-loving blue hell was this movie two and a half hours long and boring as shit? I agree. There's no reason for this movie to be like, let's do it exactly the way the four bad ones were. See, that plays, That's a great idea. That plays exactly into what my uh, my review for the movie was. Mm-hmm. My overall thoughts are that like, the parts of the movie... Okay, so the movie's meant to be... We talked about this a lot in the last few weeks. It's kind of a sequel, successor... If yeah. you will, two two Superman one and two, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to feel like Superman one and two. That's exactly what they wanted it to do, mm-hmm. and it and where it where it works, it works really well, and that stuff's good. Unfortunately, it also mirrors all the problems in Superman one and two, like the spots where it's like kind of nice and charming, and it's got like good, fairly good performances, and everybody kind of feels it feels like a very you know stylized world. That all works. But it's just kind of a very dull story, which was my problem for Superman 1 and a little bit Superman 2. is just kind of dull at times. Yeah. Andrew, did you think that the movie kind of, um, you know, David just said it mirrored 1 and 2 a lot. I felt like even in what little plot you could find in this one mirrored the first Superman a little too closely. Oh, yeah. Especially with Lex Luthor. Yeah. Yeah, no, there is there is definitely a lot of... Just like what uh, what you said just a second ago, but a lot of throwback to the first one. Mm-hmm. And that's that's generally what I got out of this. I, I couldn't I couldn't turn my eyes away. I'm like, you know, we saw that in the first Superman. Is there anything new they yeah. can do? 
Yeah, I have a very specific opinion on this. Is that it's like, and I think honestly, if you if you read about what Brian Singer said about the film, it's like they chose to only draw from Superman one and two as information on Superman, and just ignored any other source material they could. And we're like, the only two canon stories about Superman are Superman one and two. Forget adding in something else. We only have these details to go on. That's why Lex Luthor's plan is like incredibly similar to Superman one. It's why Superman acts just like he does in Superman 1 and 2 and even says the same lines. It's like that was the only thing they knew to go off of. Yeah, he, there was even a mention of like beachfront property again. Mm-hmm. Like there yeah. was that and then um, there in another scene uh, when the plane crashed in the middle of the baseball field, Su- uh, Superman was like, I hope this didn't deter any of your something, something. And that's like exact air, line air, for air line. Was still yeah. one of the safest. Line for yeah, line from yeah. Superman 1. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and at in doing so, they like ignore like at this time almost seventy years worth of material right. that they could have drawn from for other inspiration. But it was like, no, we're only gonna use these two movies, and like nothing, nothing new can come in. Like it has to be something that kind of already existed. Now the one new concept they do introduce has since been introduced into the comics, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So this movie is about. Superman has been gone for five years. Mm-hmm. He's he's left the planet Earth completely. He's gone. And um, we learn Lois Lane has moved on. Uh, she has a child now. She has um, James Marsden. She has a fiancé, I guess. Fiancé. They didn't really engage to be engaged. I think are they engaged? Jimmy oh, said they they're are not. engaged, aren't they? Yeah. It was like a long engagement. Is yeah, because you weren't there. supposed to ask about that. Okay. Exactly. Uh, but she's still at the Daily Planet. She's won a Pulitzer. For her award-winning article, Why the World Doesn't Need Superman. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Olsen is still there as a photographer. The world moved on without Superman, basically. And one day, he crashes back on Kent Farm. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that was planned. Yeah, I don't know if that was an intentional thing. He definitely landed with a big chunk of what appear to be parts of Krypton. Yeah. So that's the plot of this film. Or, no, it's not. Well, that's, that's the setup of this film. Yeah, that's more or less the, not the, the setting. Yeah, that's kind of, kind of like, that's the... the so the what, early st- stages of the film. What are some moments or scenes that everyone did like or that at least thought was cool or good? Um, I'll start by saying I really enjoyed the airplane sequence. When Lois is on the plane with a bunch of other uh, reporters and they're about to l- essentially launch a space shuttle off the back of a moving airplane... Um, there's there's mechanical issues and the plane can't detach or the shuttle can't detach from the plane mm-hmm. so the plane just rockets off into space with it and Superman shows up and saves them and it's a really it's really cool I think it's really well done how especially he sets the airplane down during the baseball field during yeah, the game and like sets it like, again that was just stadium. cool Superman stuff I right mean there. that's that's like a moment that calls for Superman. Yeah. You know, like that's something that like, you know, a situation where another superhero might not be able to achieve that. So like Superman works for a situation like that. And on the And there's a moment later that calls for that type of thing. Uh, one of yeah, my favorite scenes. But I was gonna say on the on the opposite coin of that, it's one of the only times we get to see Superman be Superman in this two and a half hour movie. Yeah, there's one other good moment that I'll call to in a sec here. But another moment mm-hmm. I like yeah. um, is a really brief one and actually kind of feels out of place with the rest of the film is after Superman lands on Kent Farm he actually has a flashback to basically learning how to use some of his powers for the first time. He's right. like he's uh, running through the cornfield at super speed, leaping around, and he learns to fly for the first time. 
uh, he falls through the top of a barn, yep. top of uh, the Kent barn, and at the last second before he hits the ground, he like covers his face and he opens his eyes to find that he's floating, he's flying, which is um, a really cool way of sort of introducing a young Clark Kent learning his powers. And um, that shot is referenced in Shazam that just came out this year um, when Shazam first learns how to fly. Um, so I thought it was a really cool sequence to see that um, that uh, that moment again because I hadn't watched that. I, again, I haven't watched this movie in a while. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. I thought it was a longer part of the movie when I was younger. But um, just kind of a nice little thing of like just him thinking about stuff and kind of giving you something they don't give you a lot with Superman, which is like mm-hmm. – Super boy, you know, young yeah. Clark, young Clark Kent, starting trying to deal with these powers, and you get a little bit of that in Man of Steel, but I feel like they kind of treat it a little too superficially, even in Man of Steel. Next, anyone, you two got any favorite scenes? I think the other scene that you were going to call out is the one that I'm going to say mm-hmm. is with the turret gun. Oh, there's that one. Yeah, there's yeah. that too. So I like that scene where there's a turret gun on some kind of Doc Ock arm. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, like, they're robbing a bank. He's shooting them. With a little turret gun, and then spins around, and Superman flies in to save these people, and he just walks up into the gun, and that was pretty cool. But my favorite part was when he shot him right in the eye, and it just flattened the bullet, and I was like, okay, that it was cool. is the coolest scene I've seen in four, five, five. Superman movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember. I remember. It took uh, him five movies and nine and a half billion hours, <laughs> but they finally gave me something that caught my attention. I remember there being a moment. Uh, I remember. I can't remember what the situation was. A guy was talking about watching Superman Returns, and there's the scene where uh, he gets shot in the eye, and some guy behind him in the theater went, "Yeah, right." And and it was just so funny because <laughs> this guy, he's like, I could see this guy flying around and picking up airplanes, but nobody's getting shot in the eye, man. That's just, that's beyond the pale, man. I can't like, deal with that. You sound like John C. Riley. It's very John C. Riley. That's kind of like my impression. <laughs> my mind, like that's uh, my impression of a dumb person is John C. Riley generally. Um, uh, Andrew, my the scene I was going to call specifically Andrew is, hasn't gone yet. Oh, Andrew, you go ahead. Did you calm down? No, 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 no. Sorry. You, you, guys, you know we got to keep David on the reins a little bit. It's all good, yeah. but like, but like the thing is, is that like <laughs> uh, the thing is, is that like you guys have pretty much already called it out. It's. The scene that I really loved was when the scene I the scene I really loved was when he got shot in the eye. Mm-hmm. But I think I think probably one of my favorite scenes was when we find out that the little boy is Superman's son. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that really yeah I thought that was a I thought that was I a, groaned audibly. I thought that was a great twist. Because yeah, was you what, what what moment specifically are you talking about? Like you talking about they, piano? Whenever, right? whenever they were on the, the piano. Now, did you hadn't figured it out by then? No, I haven't. Okay. Yeah. All right. I didn't then. figure it out by then, and then like the the dude's going in to like kill Lois, and then the boy literally pushes that piano up against the up yeah, against like the bad breakneck guy. speed. Yeah, breakneck speed. And, like, I'm like breaks oh, the neck. <laughs> that's it. That's Cal L's son. Yeah, they kind of give you, you little. Call him Cal they yeah, they give you some uh, they give you some clues along the way, especially with. Uh, Lex Luthor holding the kryptonite to him, kind of like him, mm-hmm. kind of like in, inquiring, "Who is this kid's father?" Yeah, Lois. I'm gonna um, rant on this here in a little bit. I'm not gonna do it now, but I have a but, lot to say. But for me, it's I, not good. I think the most Superman moment in this movie, and it's perfectly amplified by John Williams' score, and I actually yelled out "Superman" when it happened, is when Lois and uh, uh, Richard, played by James Marsden, 
and uh, little uh, what was the little boy's name? What did they end up naming him? Jason. Uh, Jason. Jason. When they're in the ship and they essentially get trapped inside the ship and they are watching it, like the water's rising up mm-hmm. to their necks, and then like they slowly watch the water go right over the top of the manhole. I went, that was a cool shot. And then it goes down, 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 and then they're like basically they're about to give up hope. And then we hear the sound, and then like a uh, cool shot of the water, and the water just starts to separate, and out comes Superman, and he's just heat hauling this ship out of the water. It looked great. Now I gotta find out why Garrett's been shaking his head throughout that entire part. So so anticlimactic. Like it's not anticlimactic. So anticlimactically dead. No. You think at all that that is not gonna happen? There's absolutely no inkling in my brain that Superman's not gonna swoop in at the last second and pick it up and save them. I'm pretty sure I wrote, oh, sarcasm. Who'd have thunk Superman would have come to save the day? They didn't. That's the problem that I have with Superman. That should be your problem with every movie. No, it's a problem with Superman. Oh, the protagonist did the great thing. Superman always comes in at the last second and saves the day. And what a great last second. This was great. There's never a reason in any Superman movie to believe that he is A, dead, or B, not going to save the day. That's why I have a problem with Superman, is he's basically indestructible. Well, so even when, they, even when they try to destroy him, he comes back. All they had to do was pull, when he got stabbed by Luthor, right. he, they pulled the thing out and threw it away, and he was like, okay, I'm good. No, he wasn't great yet. He was totally fine. He wasn't. <laughs> he he was pulled totally that fine. thing out, he still had the in his back. It, is, it's, it was interesting. And, no. And what I'm commenting on here is not the predictability of it. I'm predicting the. I'm predicting how well it was done. But it wasn't because it's perfectly. It's a good suspenseful moment where you think, okay, they're going to get out of this. Moment. They're going to get out of this on their own, and they don't. No, they. And yeah, then, of course, they're not. It's a combination to. of it being a great looking shot, no. a good use of practical me- me- mesh with CG. I'll give you that. Music and Brandon Routh just looking perfectly like Superman in the moment, Meh. and it's a good. I think it's a good camera shot of him heaving this boat out of the water. It just looked like a Superman comic book page. It looked it looked great. Yawn. And it had me feeling like, yes, this is a Superman moment. And then uh, he's holding it. That, my actually, my uh, my favorite part about that was him reaching in and taking uh, James Marsden's hand and saying, like, do you have them? And they're holding on tight. And he goes, yeah. And he just, like, drops the ship around them. So, like, the ship goes plumbing back in the water and he's just holding them up. I was like, oh, that's cool. That was cool. Um, but Superman actually gets it, gets pretty well hurt in this movie. Yeah, he dies three times. Another good, and comes back to life four times. I really enjoyed uh, him getting weaker and weaker, and like uh, Lex's minions just kind of kicking, kicking him uh, around. Mm-hmm. Because whereas in other movies that's always been played like, it, it, like in Superman two, like Zod and them are like kicking around. He's like going flying like on wires. This was like very like real brutal. It's just real guys punching a weakened Superman and the music's very uh, strong and Superman's just trying to like crawl away and he looks really weak in the moment and so like he had weakness and Garrett if this is your problem then you should not like John Wick movies because John Wick ain't dying John Wick's always gonna win yeah but John the, Wick's never gonna be in real peril the idea of a human being able to die is more predictable or is more alluring than Superman because Superman I don't care what happened in what was it Jo- uh, Justice League. I like, don't remember. He always Justice comes League. back to life, and like there, it's just, it's. I just wish they wouldn't do that with him. Well, that's like, just. There are so many different things that they can do with Superman. Don't 
Don't act like he's dead. He's not. He, they didn't he, act like he was dead. They act like he was dying. He died three times in this movie. He died once in this movie. No, he died whenever he crashed in. He was all painful and dead. And then he died again well, he whenever he, he, he was fell into deep. the water. And there was a third damn time that he died and, and he came back Superman to life again. Superman had to be saved three times. Did you think about Lois got there at just the right time? Did you think about that? I didn't Oh, care. Lois happens to get there at just the right time to save Superman after he fell into a water when he's totally dead and weak. Yawn. Don't care. Man. You need to stop watching movies, bro. I need to stop watching Superman movies. See, I want one to like, be good. I am, I am having, struggling because what, what you are saying is true. This is how every superhero movie goes. Yeah. Every single one of them. For me. So, so you're, it just doesn't... You Basically, you don't like Superman just because. I don't like Superman because he has always been indestructible. Uh-huh. And the fact that but you present me in any... He has one thing that can hurt him. Yeah. And every time... Like, with a human, there are so many different things that can happen. Yeah, they're not going to die, but the believability of them actually being hurt for an extended period of time or something happening is more believable than an indestructible man getting hit with anything that isn't kryptonite. If it's not kryptonite, it has zero effect on him. It's not and even it sucks close to true, everything okay. out. I, they just haven't presented... That's the, Here's the real juxtaposition. Here's the real problem that you're getting at. They have not in any movie presented Superman with a legitimate physical foe. Agreed, and that's they my problem with the movies. They only present him with a situation like Kryptonite should not even be in a Superman movie for the next, like, 12 years. Yes. Like, ever. Honestly, ever. I because, want... like, just give him... There are legit other aliens that can uh, hit Superman so hard that he bleeds. That would be great. If they would do that, then that would make me believe it more. They that's what they do gotta it. do. That's I'm okay with that. If they do that, that's great. In five movies, it's been the same thing for five freaking movies. I'll give you that. I don't believe it anymore. I'll give you that. It's not it's entertaining not, to watch. They're not original anymore. But I will say that if your whole premise is uh, is like a moment was not fun because I saw it coming, that happens with a lot of movies. Agreed. That was a lot but of But it movies. doesn't happen five times in a row with the same character. Yeah, it was a good shot. <laughs> I think Andrew wanted to say something. An hour ago. Do you I remember? Don't remember? Okay. It's all gone. <laughs> I actually thought about Garrett a lot while watching the movie. Yeah, it was well. bad. <laughs> I, I desperately wanted to like this. I, I really too. wanted to. I did too. I don't even really like I it. want someone in this world to make a good Superman movie. I've seen all of them, and none of them have been good. The real problem, too, is going forward is I really hope they just capture a character that makes, like, a character uh, performance that just makes Superman seem more, like, investable. Like, they, I don't feel like you really invest that much in this version of Superman. I think, I think it's, that's my, pretty much my giant problem with Superman as a whole. Because, like, you know, he's indestructible and we all, and everybody knows what his weakness is. It's Kryptonite. And the Red Sun of Krypton. Why is everybody about Red Sun? And, and because the movies have. And... <laughs> And nobody, to, and you know, like it's nobody can get past those two plot points. Right. And my thing is, is that like I, I see the same thing over and over again, and I it, it, with every recurring movie, except yeah. for Superman three, which we're not going to talk about. Well, but uh, but my 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 only thing is, is that this movie was largely forgettable, and they're rehashing they're rehashing the same stuff over and over again. And I'm, I'm like, all right, uh, maybe maybe Superman. I have always long believed that Superman just might be unadaptable. It might be unadaptable. I don't think that's necessarily true because 
I think it might be a case too of Superman might be better off in a serialized format. And they've never really been able to handle that's that. That's true. You can't say stuff. You can't really say Superman's unadaptable when Smallville was successful for so long. Smallville was successful, and I think I don't know how long the Dean Kane version ran, but it ran long for enough. a decent. For a it ran and, and like while it's not Superman, Supergirl is essentially the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, and there's the Superman uh, animated series. There was the Justice League show that featured Superman pretty prominently. Well, I won't count cartoons. Those were those were ensembles to an extent. Those but, are easier to. But they work produce. But they work on a. I mean, they were popular. Yeah. So, like, they appealed to somebody. Um, in terms of film form, sorry. No, it's it. uh, In terms of film form, I think Superman might be unadaptable in that regard. The drill. That's that's my thing. The real struggle, I think, too, is is like making the character more relatable, and then making his power more less indestructible. Maybe not less indestructible, but what I'll say is something that increases. So you like just, the first Superman movie, maybe he's not full strength Superman. Maybe he's he's pretty tough and he's a pretty tough hero, but he's kind of like, you know, uh, he hasn't found all his powers yet. And so you can build with each movie yeah. of him getting, you know, him discovering more about what he can do the longer he's on Earth. But like, man, when he first starts being Superman, he can fly, he can take a pretty good hit, and he's somewhat, you know, he's somewhat bulletproof, but he's not like invulnerable like if you had something hard enough that you could hit him with it would hurt you know and then you build to him becoming that indestructible uh super superman sure um but the way they've had him is they've just you know and it's not really their fault because they're just adapting the comic as it is he's just got all these powers right away and it's just uh it's just hard to it's hard for a lot of people to relate to it um i think the best way to to fix it is uh, (laughs) Look at look at how the MCU handles Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is Superman. Mm-hmm. You could say that. Yeah, for the for these purposes, I feel like you could. So you, in Captain Marvel, she doesn't fight humans. No, she fights alien species of her level. Mm-hmm. Superman should not be fighting humans. Agreed. That's stupid. Yeah. Agreed. And the fact that they continue to have him fight humans. It's and four of the five movies that we've seen. It's all been Lex. Yeah, it's just been the same. It's all been Lex doing the same thing. And if we were to add Man of Steel, it would be Lex again. Yep. Well, he wasn't in Man of Steel. He was only er, he was sorry. in uh, Batman yeah. versus Superman. Yes. Correct. But uh, they brought no, back but in that one. We got the three idiots. No, again. we got Zod again. Yeah. So. Yeah. So give he, me something are, else. And I think. Are, and again, that goes back to why I just didn't care about this movie or anything that happened is because I already saw it four damn times before. Yeah, Man of Steel a lot of times feels like uh, just rehashing a lot of things we've already done with Superman when there's a ton of more interesting stories they could go with and it's or, or, or even just inspirations they could take but I, uh, uh, as for this movie I don't know it's just it, it doesn't feel like they took any real risks let's talk about the performances um, Brandon Routh plays Superman this time Brandon Routh was a uh, pretty much unknown at the time um, he, people might know him from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Chuck. Or, no, three people know him from Chuck. Uh, I am a, and I'm one of them. <laughs> he's, uh, he, was, he was on several seasons of Arrow, and then he was on The Flash. That was post-Superman. And then he was on... Oh, this is you talking about before well, Superman? Well, not, not necessarily, but like, Scott Pilgrim was close to Superman. Chuck was fairly close. Yeah. Arrow came quite a bit after. Arrow was a little bit after, and I then think Superman is what really put him on the map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, did, how does he compare to Christopher Reeve, our best example of... 
and only example of another film Superman. Prior to Brian Routh, it was... Um, I think he does a good job of evoking the performance of Christopher Reeves, uh, Christopher Reeve, and um, he has a good lightness to him mm-hmm. for being not in any way related. Um, but at the same time, I feel like there's n- there's not too much about this that Brandon really brings to make it his own. I don't think that's his fault. I think that it's yeah. the movie. I, I an hour into this movie, um, I, I wrote about Brandon Routh. Because I, I like Brandon Routh. Yep. Um, again, I watched him in Chuck. Um, I've met him. Oh, yeah, big yeah, shot. I got his autograph. It's fine. It's <laughs> Three of us met him. Yeah. Big league in a series. But I have his autograph. Here's your martini. Yeah. Yeah. An hour into this movie, I wrote about Brandon Routh saying that they haven't given him anything to do. No. Like, as Clark Kent, he didn't do anything. As yeah. Superman, all he did was like rescue things and and re, and say one line that they said in the first movie, and they really, for me, the first moment that he got to shine as anything in this movie was when he and Lois met again on the top of the roof, mm-hmm. and he finally got to evoke, or she got to like be like, "Why did you leave me and not say anything?" And he kind of got to go into that. That was the first moment. And beyond an hour into this movie, that they let him do anything at all that felt new, that felt yeah. that felt like a, a like an emotion. Yeah, like everything else was so robotic from him, and I think it's just because they did not give him anything to work with. Yeah, in the in the old movies, Superman and Clark are both pretty robotic people. Mm-hmm. They're they're distinctly different. Yeah, but they are so shallow. There's a there's an old comic book uh, sort of uh, theory that both Superman and Clark Kent this kind of applies on the face of the Kill Bill line but Superman and Clark Kent Clark Kent are both acts you know when he's Superman in the public to the in the public eye he's this like super you know perfect guy who says the right thing and gives you advice when he's Clark Kent he's clumsy and ridiculous and there's no way he could possibly be Superman type guy. But the real Clark Kent is who he is when he, or or the real Kal El, if you will, is who he is when he's alone, when he's on his, when he's on the farm, when he's in the fortress, when he's with Lois by himself. That's the real guy, and so that's probably why that scene stands out because that's the one time where it really feels like he's being a real guy as opposed to pretending to be Clark Kent to throw people off the trail of Superman and being Superman, where he has to be this like perfect dude in front of the public. So like, it's really hard to play essentially three parts and make all of them feel like your own. Andrew, what do you think about Brandon? I thought he was... Okay. <laughs> no. I thought, I mean, really, he doesn't bring anything new to, the, to Superman. I, I like. I mean, he's just another fresh face, to be, to be honest with you. And is he channeling Christopher Reeve? Not, I don't think so, but he's not channeling... But he's, I don't think he's channeling, like... I don't think he's channeling like Superman. I think he's just, I don't know. It's hard to put my finger on it because I think Brandon Ralph is just, like what you said just a second ago, a robot. He just, he's a, he's a nice, he's, he's just a nice face to look at and that's it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So there's no no character, sorry, there's just no character depth here. Yeah, that's how I feel. I, I feel like we only get one moment of depth and it's, honestly a frustrating moment because on the on the whole it's fairly problematic because clearly Lois and Clark have a deeply toxic relationship 
they're both they're both pretty awful to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hated watching it. I just they both are so bad for each other, and Lois in particular, her love seems so disingenuine. Oh yeah, because she doesn't. She just loves the hero, right? And I think if we saw depth, we could maybe see that he, she loves Kal El. Well, I'll use that word, that term, I guess, to to figure out who the real Superman is. You're welcome. She doesn't know Kal El, mm-hmm. be, at least on screen, because we we never know. We don't know him, right? Um, so I think he does really well in that moment. He has the look of Superman, but I think it does come down to the fact that he's not given a chance to shine in the role, and that. And you can't fault him for that. Because seeing him in other things, Brandon's a great actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's funny. He's charming. He's shockingly charismatic. Very charismatic. Like, yeah. if, you, if this was like your one thing you saw him in, and then you watched him in anything else, it's like, whoa, where He's was a, this hiding? He has everything it takes to make a great Superman, um, but he didn't get a chance to do it. And now, I will say, um, he's going to return to Superman in the Arrowverse. He is. A Crisis on Infinite Earth crossover event. Yes. So if you're into the Arrowverse, you should watch that. I may have that. to go back and watch. Just you don't know that? No. So on the CW, they have all the DC shows. You, Man, the Arrow, 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 the Flash, and the Legends of the Universe. Arrow, the Flash, Legends of Tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's it. And Supergirl are the Arrowverse. Okay. They do a crossover event every year for the past two or three years where all the shows cross over into each other and they all appear in each other's shows. Well, this year, this fall, when they do it, it's hard to explain. There's there's timelines and multiverses and all right. that, so I won't get into the detail. But basically, Brandon Routh, who is the star of Legends of Tomorrow, will play a multiverse version of Superman where he will get to basically don the red cape again. Yeah, he does not play Superman on the show, no. but he will play a version of Superman in this crossover. Yeah, yeah. So he'll get another shot at it. Um, okay. So that's my thoughts on Brandon. Let's talk about Kate Bosworth's Lois Lane. We're, we're, we've got used to Margot Kidder. Yeah. Um, I, I'll start by saying I thought she was a little one note. Yeah. I yeah. think. I, I feel like this is another situation where they did not give her really that much to she do to make it her own. She didn't get much to do. Um, and the like, things yeah. that she did do was kind of frustrating and selfish. Yeah, it felt, well, to me, a lot of times I feel like she's just in the same scene for two hours. Yeah. Like, she's just always in a state of, like, looking puzzlingly, like like she was didn't know what was going on for the entire movie. She's always staring and, out like she had no idea what somebody just said. And it just frustrates me from a character and story perspective that she would... Base, so she falls in love with Superman. Mm-hmm. He leaves abruptly for years. Yeah. She moves on by starting a new family. She writes this great article, this award-winning article about how the world doesn't need Superman. And then he comes back and she's writing his lap again. Mm-hmm. That's just... I want to see more from her than, than that kind mm-hmm. of stereotype of just falling back in love with this guy who has honestly done her wrong. Yeah, and she's... And she does... I, so weird because like it's it's interesting going back and watching it now based on what we've been conditioned with with the last 10 years of superhero movie making where somewhere around 2014 or 2013 maybe even we started to like shed some of the weight of the damsel in distress trope sure because like a lot of with the exception of maybe spider-man there's a lot less 
girlfriends in superhero movies these days that the superhero has to make sure to save. Um, you know, Natalie Portman left the Thor franchise. Pepper Potts hasn't, you know, wasn't seen for like except for tiny cameos. Uh, you know, and she was no, more of a hero in her own right than a dancer when she finally showed back up. Yeah, and and it's a it's a situation where like it's kind of hard to go back and watch and just be like Lois is just like always in trouble and Superman always has to come to her rescue and uh, and she puts herself in situations where she's going to end up in that situation. It's like. It's just kind of like I, mean, I feel like we're over this. We're past this this type of role where she's just playing love interest to superhero, yep. and he has he has to you know makes the choice. So oh, do I do this or do I save her? You know, it's it's. Yep. I don't know. It's so hard to go back and watch. Other thoughts? No, uh, you guys kind of pretty pretty much hit it. Um, hit the nail on the head. I oh, I, I can't. Ding ding. I, like I said, there's just no development here. Yeah, and there's not. If it, whatever development here is, it's very weak. No, she's forgettable. The whole damn thing is forgettable. Mm-hmm. Like his Brandon's performance, forgettable. Her performance, forgettable. The movie, forgettable. Yeah, <laughs> I really Lois Lane was a little forgettable yeah. at the end of my review. Forgettable. Yeah. Uh, if we want to talk about Kevin Spacey, he was a little better than Gene Hackman, but there's also not a lot forgettable. To say. I was going to talk about Spacey's Lex Luthor because. There's not... I don't find him to be that different at all. No. He's also pretty campy. He's not as buffoonish. He's not as, but he's, he's a little he's bit more just, believable as a mastermind. Or as like a villain. He's just as arrogant. Maybe that. You know? Yeah. yeah. So he carries the arrogance. He loses a little bit of the buffoonery. Uh, but it's still kind of like a really like crackpot plan. It is. It's stupid. It and is at, at every point that he was on screen... I could not tell you how much more bored I became. Yep. I do not care about anything Lex Luthor is doing. No. Think about this. This is so especially here's, when his plan is so stupid that he's going to create so a new continent stupid. Made out tonight. Oh, so think, stupid. Think about this, Garrett. Would this be a more interesting movie for you? Let me describe this. Lex instead Luthor's of instead of Lex Luthor having some sort of plan to create an island uh, that overtakes the United States so that he can sell his own proper so he can sell property to people, what if the crux of this movie was Lex Luthor using his intelligence, his influence, his money, all his power as a way to discredit Superman as a legitimate hero. And so now Superman's not having to fight. You're going to fake Luthor. news him? Yeah, you're going to fake news. He's going to be Jay Jonah Jameson? So now Superman has to fight public, the public turning against him, and he has to find a way to overcome. That's not something that he can overcome just by swooping in at the last second and saving the day. That's forcing Superman out of his comfort zone into how do I get the public back on my side? How do I stop Lex Luthor from ruining my credibility? And how do I ultimately figure this out? As opposed to, I built the continent of kryptonite. Ha ha! You can't touch me. I got a whole mountain of it now. And Superman having to fling something else into space, which is another throwback of him just basically throwing the problem into space. Yeah. Um, I think on paper it would be a better movie, and I By think default. I think that it would also be uh, Spider-Man. Well, that's what they're getting into in Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's what Spider-Man won. I mean, that's the whole point of J. Jonah Jameson. Is that he never did it, though. He J. Never Jonah did, did. He never, he never did it. He it never, never came to be. Oh, well, I mean, there, really time, yeah. if, there if, were some times when people would question whether or not. So, there, I mean, he... Not really. Some people He was did. always a hero. But... For He's me, talking about if the world turned against. I'm talking him. about if that was the plot of the movie. Whereas Jonah Jameson, sort of a sort of a side element to a bigger thing of Spider-Man fighting the Green Goblin or fighting Doc Ock, and in the background you see Spider-Man, deeper hero. Like Lex Luthor's sole uh, goal is to destroy the reputation of Superman because that's the best. That's that's the only way he's he can actually beat him. 
You know, because, like, use what his gift is. His gift is being the smartest, most influential man alive. Use that the way that a real person like that would do it. I think if they took it into the modern world of 2019, where there is fake news and people believe whatever they feel, mm-hmm. um, I think that if they <laughs> played on the re- the real fear of the fact that he is an alien and essentially indestructible and that the whole dang world just didn't accept him because realistically that is not how it would go down then i think yes but what i want is to not see lex fucking luthor (laughs) for the next 10 movies yes give superman something else that's what i'm saying but in the context of this that would be what i mean is like why is why are we resulting resorting to lex luthor trying to out kryptonite superman like just do something that fits his plays to his strengths yeah as opposed to like any any they could have crafted any dumb character that could have made a mountain of kryptonite yeah like, yeah that was uh superman 3 you know like why are we no. why are we doing this anybody could do this and so it's like Two. play to the character strengths Three. do something unique do something cool but uh and then, and then you don't have the situation where Superman just swoop in at the last second and save the day. You got to think like, well, how does you're sitting there thinking, how would I solve this problem? Yeah, you know. And Superman's trying to solve it, and he can't. So it's a problem he can't punch. He has to find a way to to to, to fix himself or fix uh, his uh, fix his his perception. Um, instead, we get more more of the same. Yep. Throwback was a complimentary word because it's just more of the same. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. But what do you think of Spacey's performance? Was that okay? I uh, again, it was forgettable. Yeah, it's pretty forgettable. I thought he had a good. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing good about it. It's just it's mo- it's more of the same. It's just there. I thought he had a good look though. He looked like Lex Luthor. He did. He was more bald than Gene Hackman ever was in any of the movies. Didn't yeah, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I just I didn't. He wasn't very intimidating. Uh, do we want to talk about Cyclops? No, <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Talking about James Marsden? No. No. <laughs> I truly I... don't because <laughs> James Marsden is really good at playing people who are unlikable. Mm-hmm. He didn't... I like James Marsden in this movie and that's a problem to me. <laughs> if you are siding with a James Marsden character, something's <laughs> gone wrong. He's been... <laughs> I mean... Lois sucks. Listen, listen. I want to get so into this. I want to yeah. get into this, this like garbage. discussion about the love of yeah, Clark, do it. Lois, Superman, and we can throw in Richard. Who's Richard? Is that his name? Richard's his name. Richard's his name. <sighs> James Marsden. Okay. You said that it was toxic, and yes. I agree. I said that like two or three. I think it was Superman 2 when I said that because it's clear that all versions of Kal-El slash Clark Kent love Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. That, that is the one love yeah. that I will not question. Yeah. He loves her. Yeah. He is struck. He is stuck yeah. in this unwinnable situation because Lois Lane loves Superman. Lois Lane does not love Clark Kent. Mm-mm. So he is stuck because he as Superman cannot love Lois Lane for her safety. And he can love her as Clark Kent, but she don't love him. So it's a pointless situation. In this movie... Superman's been gone for five years. She's gotten over him. We learn later that uh, Jason is Superman's son. Now, here is my question. Mm -hmm. Throughout this whole movie, it's been presented that Richard is the father of um, 
What's Jason. Uh, Jason. Uh, yeah. Okay. So here's <laughs> here's where everything doesn't make sense on a, a whole different level. The entire movie. If they've been together, Richard and, and Lois, for five years, right? Mm-hmm. That means it takes nine months for a woman to have a baby most mm-hmm. of the time. So Superman left. She got with him real quick, but and he believes that that's her son, or that's his son. But they haven't been married for five years. It just the whole thing she just doesn't make sense. Dating him really soon, exactly after and Superman like, left. It just the whole crux of that doesn't make sense. It it's so confusing. She must have me. turned to him real fast. And like, like, right, like she Superman didn't come back for three weeks and she was like, I'm exactly. getting with another guy right now. Right, exactly. And then I, it, it's just, to I can't even like articulate, like I have it in here, but I can't get it out because it just doesn't make so much sense. And well, so then she just immediately, again, forgets her whole family when Superman shows back up. That's and, where my problems come in. And doesn't seem to give a crap because she, about well, Clark Kent having come back, even though they it. were supposed to be good friends. Like, she does not care at all that he has come back. No, she seems very selfish. Like, yeah. it's the whole, from start to finish, there are questions, there are holes, and it is bad. I don't, but, mind, I don't have an issue believing that she moved on pretty quickly because she, after he left, she clearly, very quickly did a complete 180. I mean, she based her career on now how we didn't ever, we never needed Superman anyway. Yeah. So I don't have an issue believing that. But I do have the issue with her running back into him with open arms and then forgetting her family. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is a problem but she, to it, me that like, I think is more of a plot hole. Or being that's, a, that's probably not the Being right kind term. of selfish is a perfectly fine character trait. You know, you can be a very, you can be a selfish character and be interesting, but unfortunately, it doesn't make me want Lois and Clark to be together. No, which I feel like is part of the goal. Is that like they are one of the most iconic couples in pop culture, a go beyond even comics. Like, it doesn't make me want them to be together. That she like clearly moved on, but kept stringing the guy she moved on with along in the off chance that Superman might come back one day. Because that's definitely what happened. Yeah. She wouldn't commit to marrying this guy because Superman may come back one day. Yeah. You know, so it just kind of like makes her seem kind of, it makes her unlikable. Yeah. Makes her unlikable. Makes, she basically used Richard all this time to be like a stand in for Superman. Mm hmm. I didn't like it. I don't like, I don't like anything about Lewis and Clark. The introduction of a son for Superman is also an interesting decision to make. Yeah, you mean Andrew's favorite part? They, I mean, no, no, I mean, the reveal was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. The reveal was kind of cool, I guess. I, I, I remember an interview. Someone said that the goal there was to try to make Superman more relatable, and I was like, "You're gonna make Superman relatable by giving him an illegitimate son? That's kind of <laughs> right. That's kind of a, a not that. I mean, I don't know. It just seems well, kind of like a weird decision to make with it. Just have him play basketball. Or and something. did anyone else feel like once we it was revealed that Jason was was Superman's son? That it seemed all too painfully obvious that they made him asthmatic as a as a distraction, right? Because then you, he's asthmatic, so you'd think the whole time you would never think he was Superman's son, or you know, because ah oh, no, Superman's son wouldn't be asthmatic. No. It just felt like a. It felt like they used that. Yeah, it was to like they like were trying to trick you. They're trying to like cover their bases like, oh. a little bit. Oh wow, he doesn't actually need the inhaler. He needs his inhaler, but he can also throw a piano. <laughs> and then you go. 
He had a damn trash can on his damn head. You know yeah, what? For me, that was, was the best part of that movie. <laughs> that was was that little kid <laughs> running around with a trash can that on his head made me so happy. That was the most relatable character in the movie. He was. The Richard Jason dynamic was good. Yeah, Richard and Jason had good scenes together. Yeah. It sucks for him whenever, whenever yeah, he finds out it's not your son. Whenever he finds out it's not his son, you know, he's been spending money on this kid. Of course, I don't know that he did find out. Who knows? We'll never know because they never made a sequel to this. I do, I mean, I didn't mind, uh, you know what, a, a good com- a compliment I will give this movie is I did really, really like the incorporation of the uh, the Marlon Brando dialogue. I thought that they, where they did it, it wasn't like all over the place, but where they did it, it felt like it was... Uh, it was good. It was it was motivated. That it informed what Superman's thought process was, uh, and uh, when uh, Lex was in the uh, uh, Fortress of Solitude and seeing the old recording, it uh, it felt like a good connection between the old film and this one. Um, but that's me digging around to find a compliment. Let me ask you about the Fortress of Solitude because I had a question about it. I. Okay, fine. He tracked it. He found it. Whatever. How did he make the crystals grow? He's not from Krypton. I don't know. I guess they just respond to anybody oh, okay. who walks in there. But who knows? <laughs> Great. Maybe. Sure. That maybe. Makes sense. Maybe because he was there before and he touched him and stuff, they recognize him as somebody who's been there because he did go there in Superman too. Seems like a pretty big design flaw on but, Superman's part. I mean, that's Superman, you, kind of an idiot. That's, you know what? Really that's true. We haven't talked about there. that, but he's kind of an idiot. He is. He didn't even go back to the Fortress Solitude for the whole no, movie. No. It was in there. It was essentially there just to just to have the Marlin tie in, I think. Yeah, and just to to for um, Lex to find these crystals. So, are there any other final points that that people want to talk about or bring up before we move on? Because it is about that time in the show where we so. move on to something else. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think um, an interesting thing. Brian Singer talked about this at Comic Cons years afterwards, and he said that something that was cut from the movie was Clark going to Krypton. Um, and discovering the the you know going through the remains and stuff, and that was like the first twenty minutes of the movie, and they cut cut all that out once he showed it to some of his friends. He actually refused to show this to test audiences. This movie, and dumb idea. He said later, and this is a really fascinating uh, 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 statement. It's from Brian Singer, so take it for what it is. He says that he felt like the movie uh, that he made, the movie that it ended up being was geared maybe too much towards women and not enough towards young males. Uh, I do not want to ever hear from Brian <laughs> No. I don't even want to address I don't it. You know what, though? That sounds like some kind of crap he'd it say. It does sound like something he'd say. I don't know what exactly he means by it. He he then he don't later care. added that what he that maybe he should have added more action, um, mm. which I do agree with. It would have been better oh, to have sure. a little bit more going on. should have had a lot more action. Uh, Listen, there, I we, wouldn't have almost fallen asleep several times during it. The fact that the first hour of this movie served zero purpose mm-hmm. is uh, upsetting to me because at least in the first one, that was two and a half hours long. They were setting up Superman. They didn't set up Superman. They didn't even really talk about where he'd been in that first hour. That wasn't until that moment with Lois that we figured that out. Like, mm. what the freaking hell was the first hour of this movie? Yeah. It was pointless. It was pointless. It was pointless. I come back to it every time. The movie did not serve a purpose. Okay, let's talk about the box office history of Superman Returns. Let's do so. Brought to you by... Box office mojo. Let's talk about <laughs> but it. But not really. But that's where the, that's, <laughs> that's our where, source. That's where a lot of details come from. Citing the source. That's all I'm I doing. Come, I, I check a few other places. Not all of them have as much detail as box office mojo. Uh, but Superman Returns debuted June 27th, way back in 2006. I was 16. 
you were 17 probably by that Andrew point. Andrew was 40. You were 16. Andrew was hitting uh, midlife by that point. Um, <laughs> I was I was 15 if it came out in June. It did come out June 27th, so yeah, you were just 16. turned 15. I'd have been 16. It uh, it finished number one with a five-day opening total of $84 million because it opened on a Wednesday. Mm. Um, and then if you extend that to seven days... And why um, would you? Why would you? Because that uh, takes you right into the Fourth of July weekend. Oh, so you extend it to seven to cool a seven-day window. You got a hundred eight million dollar July Fourth weekend with Superman Returns. They had to stretch that awfully, awfully thin, didn't they? Yep. Well, I I tried to give it a little bit more. If eighty-four million over its uh, initial five days isn't too bad, but. Um, Some... <laughs> they should have just released I it. Know what fourth, that means. Unfortunately, Fourth of July was in Wednesday. So. Um, also in the box office, also in the top 10 that weekend of Superman Returns, uh, number two was The Devil Wears Prada. Didn't see it. Which came in $40 million. Uh, Click with Adam oh, Sandler. Oh, that's a good one. That's a great movie. Made well, $29 million then. That was for in an Adam movie. Sandler movie. Yeah. It's really good when you watch that. That's a good one to watch on FX. Yeah. yeah. In fact, this entire row of films I think I've seen on FX. Uh, Cars. Ugh. Was it no. number, number the fr- 22? You can find out who that in the podcast yeah. feed. We have a We did that before. Go check out Cars. First one was okay. Now, number five, I can't wait to hear the reaction for this one, is Nacho Libre. Never saw it. Never, Never saw it. Nacho oh, Libre. that movie sucked. <laughs> At number six is The Lake House. Boo. Didn't see it. It's Keanu, though, right? Keanu, yeah. So John stupid. John Wick, too. No, 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 no. Are you Let's, sure he's not in it? He's 100% Did you watch it? it? Yes, I've Why? seen it. I, my mom and I watched it. There's like a thing. I don't remember. My mom rented it, and I was watching a movie with it's her. It's Sandra Bullock, right? Yeah, it's terrible. And it's got like a... But a, it is Keanu? A portal. It is Keanu. Y'all were saying no when I was chanting. No, I was saying no to the movie. Oh. I was saying no to the movie. And I was trying to say, don't make it better, because Keanu's in it. This is not the same Keanu. But if you... This is a bad movie. John that doesn't <laughs> it doesn't make sense they live in the same house at different times in life and pass notes to each other through the mailbox it doesn't make sense and it's bad yep but if you want to see I John, it. if it's you want to see I want to say this eventually if you want to see some Keanu movies that were good go check out John McJune yeah John, John Wick okay and Toy Story 4 what's number 7 number 7 is Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift oh my god the the worst but who who could have told You're you not. where that series would go oh man if you had known who in 2006 that it was going to launch off eight, like 5-10 years later uh, if you're not out of control you're not in control was the catchphrase for that movie and number 8 is a movie called Waste Deep you remember this one no. it sounds like a shark movie uh, and number 9 The Breakup and at number 10 Everybody's favorite, the Da Vinci Code. Oh, cool. All Nobody's right, favorite, really. So, um, the real news, though, is that Superman will be completely blown out of the sky in its second weekend uh, by the debuting Pirates of the Caribbean and the Dead Man's Chest. The movie is better. Uh, Superman would fall nearly 60% that weekend, and it just never really got back up. Um, another interesting note about Superman Returns is that an IMAX 3D experience was made um, simultaneously with 111 IMAX theaters around the world. Uh, which included 20 minutes of converted 3D um, film material, which is pretty common nowadays. But that was the first film in Hollywood to feature full would be a full length live action film released in a 3D converted format. Cool. So it uh, it was kind of the first of a of an early trend. Nowadays they mostly either shoot in 3D or co- convert all of it post. But anyway. Um, Superman would go on to make $200 million in the United States during its 18-week run. You add that with $191 million from overseas markets. And Superman returned uh, with a finish of $390 million worldwide. $391 million, which fell short of their uh, overall goals. 
That's why a sequel would never end up being made. Uh, well, that's not the entire reason. Brian Singer, apparently, and uh, teams at uh, Warner Brothers tried to get one going as, uh, long, as far up as, I think, 2011 before they eventually shelved it and just decided to reboot it. Um, it would finish as the sixth highest grossing film of 2006. The aforementioned Pirates cool. of the Caribbean was number one that year. Um, also on that list was Night at the Museum, which we covered. Cars. These might sound familiar to so many sequels fans. We've done a lot of 2006 um, movies. We apparently. have done a lot of 2006 movies. Uh, and we're going to do about 13 more <laughs> at some point. Um, <laughs> the Da Vinci Code, Happy Feet was on there. Ice Age was a top movie of that year. Ice Age Meltdown, I should say. And uh, number nine, Casino Royale, and then The Pursuit of Happiness. So a lot of good films in 2006, and some so-so ones. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the third highest performing movie starring Superman, and the 210th highest grossing film of all time. Wow, okay. Cool beans. Cool stuff. So, Rotten Tomatoes game. Yeah, I think Garrett runs it. Brought to you slash not brought to you by Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> brought to you by the internet. They have nothing to do with this, but... Yeah. If yes. they would like to, you can contact us at... Uh, Facebook.com or Sony Sequels Pod. Because <laughs> I don't remember the email. I think it's Sony Sequels Pod at gmail.com. Yeah, I think it sounds right. Yeah, what you guys got? I'm um, going to say... You go first. Well, I saw a reaction face. <laughs> Oh, yeah, here, I'll give you guys my reaction face here, just so we're fair. <laughs> I saw that, and immediately it had to, it's either too high or too low, one of the two. I'm going to say 76. Oh, my gosh. 65. I was going to do 70. This is going to pain me to read for now, a lot of different reasons. I do want to ask for everyone. You're in the consensus? Yeah. Did everyone... Was that what you all were thinking before you saw the reaction face, or did you adjust it based on no, the face? No, I got it written right here. I got 76. I adjusted mine a little bit. <laughs> I, got, I got 76 written right oh, there on sure my notes. Oh, you sure did. You sure did. All right. Okay. That was my initial guest. Yes. <clears throat> here we go. Are you ready? Because I'm not, and I've already read this. Okay. It's very painful to read, read it. and read I it. disagree no, read wholeheartedly. Read us the RT consensus. Brian Singer's reverent and visually decadent Adaptation gives the Man of Steel welcome emotional complexity. What? The result, mm. a satisfying stick-to-your-ribs adaptation. What? I mean, I will say, <laughs> I will call it visually decadent. That's okay. It I looked, will call it, it looked great. I will the, call it faithful to the first two. Giving Brian Singer credit makes me sick always. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And anything with emotion is just wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, unless they're unless they're truly basing it on past Supermans, in which we went from zero emotion to, like, two. That's true. <laughs> then maybe. Yeah. But if you're just coming at it from a film perspective, there's still not enough emotion to justify calling it emotional. Nope. No. It only would be emotional in the nostalgic sense that this was the first Superman released since Quest for Peace, and the first, I would say, enjoyable to an extent, I mean, Superman calling it movie. the first—I mean, it is the best Superman movie since 1977. Is that when Superman one came out? I think yeah. so. 78, yeah, maybe. One, they made that one good movie. So, yeah. anybody want to adjust based on that? 76, 65, 70. I'm gonna go to 80. 80. I'm gonna jump to. I'm gonna take his 70 spot. 70. Um. You're at 80. You're at 70. 80, 70. Yeah. I'll just shoot. I'm already close to the middle. I'll just shoot the middle and say 75. Okay. And drop a point. The winner of the Rotten Tomato score. By with unanimous consent. Not unanimous consent, no. but exact consent. Oh, shit. Somebody's exactly right. 
David at 75. Woo! Woo! Audience score is 61. Having a hard time keeping these gators down after that. It's very good. <laughs> well, David will be running the show next week. Oh, yeah, and I know what we're doing next week. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay, that wraps up Superman. Thank uh, you. There, so, <laughs> how do you all rank these Superman movies if we include Returns? Oh, God. We did it last time already, and I already forgot what I said. You I think two, I said 2 one, one three, four, three. Four, three, yeah. 2 one, four, three. No, 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 no three, I four. was 3 4. So I would go. Two, two, one, returns, three, four. And keep in mind, your two is, is the Donner Cut. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he had the Donner Cut. Mine was your Donner Cut that I didn't watch. All right. Superman 1 and then Superman 2, and that's where I stopped. And that's where I will, I will put uh, returns underneath the, the Donner Cut that I didn't see. So Donner Cut... <laughs> returns Superman 1 Superman 2 and then I stop and you stop thinking about it Andrew 1 returns 2 3 4 in terms of quality of the film I think that the you have to go or in terms of enjoy Superman 1 Super, and Superman Returns Superman 2's theatrical cut Superman 3, Superman 4. In terms of David's personal enjoyment, it is Superman 3, <laughs> Superman 4. No. <laughs> Superman. He enjoyed it. He had fun. Superman what 1. What say? Superman 2 and then Superman. Well, I'll put Superman Returns ahead of Superman 2. Uh, it's a blast. If you ever watch Superman 3, just get some popcorn. Do not care about anything and enjoy yourself. What were they thinking? So Quest for Peace is also a what were they thinking movie. Have a blast. Watch for the wires. It's great. Don't listen to him. So Personal enjoyment. Actual quality everyone, film. It's one... The first one's the best one. They've does everyone agree that Christopher Reeve is the quintessential Superman? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then bonus, <sighs> yeah. pop, bonus pop question. Um, Routh or Cavill? I, I, is that fair? Because yes. Cavill got two. Yeah, did he though? He got one movie. And he got an appearance in two. I mean, Man of Steel is so bad. But I don't think that's Cavill's fault. I th- again, I don't think that r- r- it's Routh's fault. I really, I bad. do. I think Routh and Cavill both got the short stick. Yeah, with, I think with bad movies. And it's fascinating because they're both wildly charismatic in every other role they've done. I'm going to say, in terms of look, it's Cavill. I think Cavill just looks like Superman. Um, but I guess in terms of performance, I kind of have to go with Brandon Routh because even a even a, 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 George, a Christopher Reeve's imitation is better than. The sort of lackluster character development that they've given man, they've given Henry Cavill to work with. I don't, I don't really have an opinion because I don't, I've not seen Man of Steel, but uh, bad. I, Why are really, you on this show? Really bad. <laughs> I would say, I would say Brandon Routh right now because he's the only one I've seen. I also think I'd go with Routh just because Man of Steel and the Superman that Cavill was given is so dark. And depressing, and I don't feel like that's the way Superman is. I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with Cavill because I think he's capable of a better Superman than Ralph is. That might be true. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I mostly base that on Cavill's performance in Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah, it's it's really hard. I to know see. he's capable. It's kind of hard to see Ralph as like a fighter. Film now Ralph's well, Superman is better than Cavill's Superman, but I think Cavill has the. Uh, more the potential. opportunity to be better. Yeah, I'd love it if they if they'd keep Cavill but I like and give both. him another chance because I think he's got the, the the tools to do it. 
but I don't feel like they've achieved it yet. If they do something more akin to like what they did with like Shazam uh-huh. and less like I don't mean make him act like Shazam. I just mean that level of like let him let Superman have fun. Yeah. Why is Superman always gotta be so dour? Right. No kidding. Final question. Um, one to five sticks of kryptonite. What did I give this? Two. Okay. I don't remember what that is on my scale. My phone is. I'm giving this. Uh, I'm giving this. I think I'm giving it a three. Yeah, I'm giving this three stars. I think this is. Um, I think three is good. Two and a half is okay on, yeah. on our our chart. What's two? Two is disappointing. Yeah. I think from a technical standpoint, this movie's fine. From a storytelling standpoint, it's just kind of okay. And uh, performances-wise, it's it's. I mean, it's serviceable. So I mean, it's just it's good. I don't really love it, but it's not offensive. Andrew, two and a half at best. I, I but best what? Uh, <laughs> two and a half at best, I, I, and that goes mainly to the score. And to the visual effects. Visual effects were pretty good. I also give it a two and a half. I think this movie is only truly enjoyable to the to the diehard Superman fan who just doesn't mind reliving the same stories. Which is too bad because we were going into this thing, we were going to like this a lot more. We're hoping after Superman three and Superman four's somebody out there for the love of God, give me a Superman movie I like. I want to like Superman. I want to be proven wrong. I have not been there. Yet. All you gotta do is combine the the. But Jeff put the Rock in charge. Look what yeah. he did to for Shazam. You just gotta. Uh, if you don't combine... think I'd watch a Rock Superman, I'm not saying the Rock should be Superman, although why I not? am. But I'm saying, put him in charge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just combine the combine the 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 heart and character of Captain mm-hmm. America, and the power of of a Shazam. I think to make it work. For goodness' sake, give him a sense of humor too. Yeah. A real yeah, one. Yeah. I think saying. That one Shazam movie is better than seven Superman movies, roughly, is <laughs> ridiculous because the general masses have no idea who Shazam is. And the yeah. fact that that movie is better no, they than do now. all of them mm-hmm. is, I if I was DC or Warner Brothers, I would be so livid with myself. <laughs> how, do I, how do we screw the up? Fact that Aquaman is we have the most any of these famous... Movies. Even that movie, Aquaman. Everybody makes fun of Aquaman, but that's a better movie. I would, yeah. The fact, yeah. If I was DC and Warner Brothers, Mm -hmm. and I was like, we have the most recognizable superhero, and we can't make a good movie, what's wrong with us? That's a legitimate question they need to be asked. Call it unadaptable. We'll see. I guess they're never gonna. They're not gonna give up making Superman movies. I stick to unadaptable. So next week on the show, we are going to be reviewing Stephen King's (sighs) It Chapter One. Um. <laughs> yeah, David's I'm afraid. Very excited. I'm excited. I've seen it, and we're gonna do that so that we can uh, try to time um, a review with it. Chapter two, as close as we can. All right. So that's that. Uh, thanks for listening. You can find us online at Facebook.com/slash/SoManySequelsPod and at uh, Twitter and Instagram. We're the same there. So many sequels. Find us there. We've been doing a lot of Instagram stuff lately. Yeah, we're trying to be that's fun fine. on Instagram. So go follow us on those platforms. Uh, tell your friends to subscribe to the show wherever they like to get podcasts. And uh, leave us a rating and review on any of those services that allow it. That would be swell. Um, I guess that's it. We'll be back next week with it, Chapter 1. Until next time. Nobody talked about Otis. Oh, was What there? happened to Otis? <laughs> <laughs>